Welcome to the Beyond Your Money podcast with Mike Dukovich, financial advisor and retirement income certified professional with RBC Wealth Management. Join us as we share the tools and insight that can help you take control of your money and your life. Because we believe life's greatest returns are realized when you invest beyond your money. And welcome to the Beyond Your Money podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Mike Dukovich. I'm a financial advisor, a retirement income certified professional, and a certified plan fiduciary advisor with RBC Wealth Management. For those of you who've tuned in before, welcome back. But for anyone that's listening for the first time, this podcast is designed to help you take control. And we do that by not only discussing a financial topic that is timely and relevant and applicable to your own wealth plan, but we'll also discuss an important topic that goes beyond your money. In today's podcast, we're going to pick up with the second episode in our series that focuses entirely on getting you organized. In our first discussion, I talked about the system that I suggest to my clients for how they should manage and what to do with all the stuff that they get in the mail with regards to their statements and their confirmations and proxies and prospectuses and all those sort of things. If you're curious about what that system is and what you should be doing, definitely go back and listen to the previous podcast. I then interviewed certified professional organizer, Jill Yesko, who is the founder and president of Discover Organizing based right here in Pittsburgh. We talked about her background, her business, and what a professional organizer does for their clients. In today's discussion, I'm bringing Jill back to the show so that we can dive a little bit deeper into some of the processes and some of the systems she uses when she's teaching her clients how to get their lives in order. This is going to be a great show because I know everyone's going to learn something that we can immediately use and help in our own lives. So Jill, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. I am so excited. Uh, I love talking about anything organizing. So I'm, we, I'm excited. We really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. So, so Jill, we talked about your background and, and your history and how you ended up to become a professional organizer and how you ended up founding Discover Organizing. We talked a little bit about your clients. Uh, we also talked about when and how you should start a conversation, you know, when you recognize that you might have a need, when you recognize that someone else in the household might have a need. And, and to that extent, if we could just touch on one thing that we started to talk about last week, but it's been uh, at the top of my mind for a while now since our last conversation. If you're in a household and you recognize that a loved one has a problem, but perhaps they're not ready to admit it, how would you advise uh, that situation? How would you advise perhaps that loved one to suggest to the person with the issue, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should help, you know, to talk to somebody, maybe we should call Jill. How would you advise someone to start that conversation at the house? Yeah, that's always such a tricky area to step into. Um, but one of the biggest things I go back to is what do you actually have control over? Um, as mm. the person that is being slighted, right, in your home and someone is encroaching your, their things into your turf or your sure. territory. And, you know, I kind of go back to, um, in a way, college, right? So you had a roommate that uh, maybe you were going to live with for that semester or that year and you go, well, I can deal with it for that short amount of time. Um, there were rules, you know, about everything from hot plates to food in your room. Mm -hmm. um, I remember this, but I remember one thing very clearly 
was that the common areas always had to be picked up and neat in a dormitory. And everyone had to pitch in with that. And I remember the living rooms and the common rooms and the study areas were picked up by the tenants or the students of that particular dorm and that the individual rooms were kind of overlooked. But then you had the microcosm of the, of the person living with the other person and basically how a lot of that didn't get solved with, was gossip. Mm -hmm. And oh, I, can't, I can't stand the way this person lives. Um, this is really frustrating. And then there would be a lot of passive aggressive behavior, things getting moved, things getting shoved, things getting piled and then put on that roommate's bed. It really yeah. wasn't helping <laughs> the problem, right? right? And, you know, I, I had a spouse at one time who thought that the dining room table was indeed a paper dumping ground, not actually a place to eat meals for our family. And so I would, you know, at the time, um, this is before I became a professional organizer, I remember just kind of stacking everything this way, that way, this way, that way. So it was like sort of separated piles and then putting them on his dining room chair and then he'd go to eat and he'd say, what's this? And I'd say, it's, we need to have a meal. <laughs> that's your so, file cabinet. <laughs> yeah, that's your file, that's your filing chair. So, you know, I tried everything back then, you know, a file box, a basket, uh, supplies, but honestly, unless the habit was formed, he was not going to change. Mm -hmm. So basically my advice after that story is a conversation has to be had and a conversation about new habits has to be had. But the first thing that you have to do before you have that conversation is make sure that all your ducks are in a row and you're organized because what I have seen with spouses and roommates alike is that if you're going to throw a stone, yep. you better be sure that your own house is in order. Your closet looks the way you're asking your partner or spouse to keep their closet um, because it will come back, you know, sure. to haunt you as the, as the request you know, as the requester of that information um, or that new behavior to, to happen. And so we don't want there to be strife, right? So it's a really good idea to just, first of all, make sure you're as organized as you can possibly get so that you can say, look, I know this is hard because you're very busy, you're working full time, or you have responsibilities inside and outside the house. But I feel like we need to get organized and not to point a finger at quote unquote you you're disorganized mm -hmm. you're a mess you know be careful with the language because you can't take those words back when you call someone a name anyway but when you tie something negative to you know them being sloppy or messy um it just doesn't help in any way shape or form so coming at that you know from a place of trying to understand you know stephen covey said you know, to seek to understand before resolving any conflict or trying to dig into something. And so taking that approach to saying, you know, like, can we just talk about this? I'm sure, you know, if, if we start, if we start piling things onto someone's chair without their permission or start talking, stop, you know, talking to them because we're so frustrated and angry with the, with the laundry, not actually making it into the hamper, um, you know, to me, it's like a sit down conversation that you sort of need to have, 
you know, a loving standpoint and agenda for, because it's obviously something they don't have the skill set to do. Maybe you do, maybe you can help them, but they're certainly not going to be open to help from someone that's kind of feeling judgy and, and, um, you know, self-righteous. Yeah, so I, it's, it's a tough thing. Sure. I can see people getting really defensive when, when those, sure. dis, you know, when those conversations are had. So I, I think, yeah, coming, coming from the standpoint of, you know, instead of, you know, you have a problem that we need to fix more like we have an issue that we need to address. Let's talk about it and let's figure out what we need to do to just make our life a little more efficient, a little more organized. So, okay. That's a great, great insight into how to, you know, kind of start that conversation. So Jill, your, your website details a couple of services or quite a few services, um, including downsizing and moving, photo and memorabilia organizing, and virtual organizing. What I would like to do is kind of address each one of those. And if you, if you don't mind kind of giving us some insight as, as far as what, what the problem is, you know, what the process is on your side as far as how you evaluate the problem. And then, you know, maybe some tips, maybe some tips and tricks that you could suggest to our listeners for each of those items so that, you know, perhaps they can take something from this podcast and start to implement it in their own lives with each of these. So let's, um, let's start with the, the downsizing and moving uh, component of your practice. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Probably about eight years ago, we started to kind of morph from just the organizing into the downsizing because Pittsburgh itself um, has a lot of, you know, older adults We're we're second only to Dade County, Florida in the senior yep. population. Yep. So we really felt like there was, you know, more, there were more and more phone calls coming in people were kind of mislabeling it as organizing. And what they were really calling about is I need to declutter because I'm going to move in six months or I'm looking for a house or an apartment because this house is too big for me to manage. So we kept listening to those phone calls and that language and that phone call and saying, hmm, so downsizing basically can have a couple of different applications, but the most popular one is getting ready to, to leave a large home and move into a small one. Mm -hmm. And uh, we frequently find the average age of, the, you know, the person that's living in a home like that um, has been living there for over 50 years. We found an average of 52 years, actually, for a lot of these homes that we um, have been downsizing. And the person's age is at least 75. Wow. Um, when we get into that and their parents, believe it or not, are still living because of all of the health and wellness initiatives that were taken in the last 20 and 30 years. Um, you know, not only are they looking to downsize, but they, they have parents that are also looking to go from a two bedroom apartment into an independent living community. So sometimes we're moving mother and child. Uh, mm -hmm. at the same time, um, or in, in, you know, sequence. So we basically have to prioritize what special things do you want around you at all times? What can you not live without? And we make sort of, we have this little evacuation game that we play. It's a hypothetical game. And we're like, okay, you have a small vehicle. Everyone you love is safe. What are you putting in that really small vehicle? Like a little Fiat. And they're sure. like, oh, my jewelry, my photos, my medicine, my laptop. I'm like, cool. We have the beginning of the list. Now you have, you know, 
um, three hours and a station wagon, let's call it a Subaru, we're gonna put, what else can you fit? Oh, like all oh, this artwork. And then they start making the list. Oh, I can't live without this special, whatever it is that my dad made for me. Great, put that in the, put that in the hypothetical Subaru. And then we say, just kidding, you have a 20 foot box truck, four moving specialists, um, all your loved ones and pets are safe. All of the other stuff is already in that truck. Now, what are we taking? They're like, okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah. And we really get very honed in on exactly what they need in their new life and in their, in their simplified lifestyle in their new home. And we try to bring as much things that we can possibly bring so that they're comfortable with familiar items but you know we can't always bring everything, so we make these photo books of their favorite things, and they tell the stories of those favorite things, and that kind of morphs us into our photo services division, um, because that's how that sort of got started. Is we found in the basements, um, attics, and closets, we found slides, reels, photos, SD cards bags of photos from like photo hut from the 70s and we're <laughs> yeah. like okay we've got to do something with this and they're like just pack it in a box i'll deal with it later i'm like haven't you been saying that for 50 right. years oh so I, they're I'm, like, I'm guilty yeah, of that yeah, same yeah. thing yeah you, you just move i have boxes in our basement right now that i think have been moved twice without being open so I, I, that probably tells you I need a little help myself. What mm -hmm. you just mentioned something that was very interesting. So you said that you actually will create photo albums of stuff of yep. things. So describe that a little bit. What does that mean? So if there's a rocking chair that you rocked your babies in, but the new independent living community or your one bedroom or efficiency apartment is only going to hold your recliner and maybe a love seat, that rocking chair isn't going to fit and no one in your family wants it. Um, so we'll take a photograph of it, um, maybe with you sitting in it, and um, talk about what it was like to have this as part of your family and how many kids were rocked in this and um, who made it and when wow. did you get it. And That's we really tell the cool. little story. Yeah, we do that with everything. We Even if it's something silly or so, something like hanging on the wall that you're like, I'm not bringing that with me but I'm going to miss it. And I'm like, let's take a photograph of it, put it in the Interesting. book. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that could basically help ease the transition, you know, as you're literally getting rid of these physical things, if you're taking pictures of the physical things and you can always go back and look at the pictures and, and recall those memories, I can see how that can allow you as the organizer to help a, a client be a little more comfortable with the whole situation. That's a great idea. And you know, the more we tell a story, the happier we are with releasing something and it becomes easier because that's, I would say, when you talk about what are the tips and tricks for downsizing and organizing, while there might not be a magic bullet to get someone to release 50 years of stuff, what always helps as the common denominator is the discussion mm -hmm. and the listening. And if you're not a senior move manager or a professional organizer, but you've been enlisted to help you know, your grandmom or an aunt or an uncle go through their house and start downsizing their stuff. Make sure you bring your ears and your heart and your compassion because they just need a little time to talk about it, to process the fact that those witnesses of their life 
are going to go on a truck and be taken to a goodwill center. And mm -hmm. you can't just say, okay, donate, donate. You're not using that. Get rid of it. You have to be patient and let them tell a little story, um, even if you've heard it before, because they still need to process letting it go. Um, so, you know, the little thing that they got in Hawaii on a vacation um, at the luau with their spouse that's no longer alive, let them talk about it just for five minutes. It won't hurt anyone. And that's what we do as senior move managers. We allow that discussion to become part of the process. That's great. And it, it kind of, I would assume kind of creates a little bit of a like closure almost. It's kind mm -hmm. of a, a therapy session as you're going through this. I think that's great. Now it is. you have these photos that you just took of the rocking chair, so to speak, mm -hmm. or let's say, you know, in the, in the basement of, you know, grandma's house, you have boxes and boxes of thousands of photographs or slides right. or, or, you know, reels or VHS tapes, things like that. What mm -hmm. that probably you know, dives into to this other service you guys offers the photo and memorabilia organizing. So tell us a little bit about that and, and, you know, maybe some tips and tricks there for people. Sure. Well, way, the way we do it is we digitize and basically create kind of these beautiful coffee table books that the client can mm -hmm. take with them. And we can make as many copies as we'd like because we use, you know, professional album printing services that can make 10 copies of something if we need it to go out to the whole family um, and we can customize the title page and things like that. But, you know, the way this kind of started was I had all these photos that I would find in people's houses and I'd say, well, let's get like with like together. And this is kind of my tip is to get, you know, get your slides together, get your old, you know, tapes and reels together, get your media right in one box. And get that together and then put it in chronological order to your best ability. And then we do the same with printed photos. Let's get our printed photos together in one place. Let's put a cloth on the dining room table or the kitchen table and just get one thing that makes sense together and put them in chronological order the best we can. And then we do the same thing with any type of um, memorabilia itself um, because people have, um, little trinkets and things that were sent to them, you know, from their grandfather in the war, or somebody sent them something that means something to them when they moved and they inherited other people's things. So we, we get memorabilia together too. And sometimes we can say, well, now that we have all this together, what do you want to do with it? And no one ever says, I want to pitch it. Mm -hmm. They say, I want to do something meaningful with it. So then we make a photo plan and you could do this in phases. Um, people get overwhelmed really easily with photos. So we're like, let's work with the most recent and go backwards, or let's just work with one type of media first. Let's get all your digital stuff, like your old CDs and old DVDs um, and your slides and reels done first. Let's do that first. That might be fun. And then, and then we, if you do it in phases, it's not, it's a lot less painful but at mm -hmm. least we do that big, scary sort first and we kind of get things in order. We make a plan with a calendar, like a production schedule, if you will. And then that way we're only doing bits at a time and they're seeing the results. We put everything on the cloud. We put everything on an um, external hard drive. And then we, of course, return the originals to them. So that's, okay, that's so that's interesting. That. So, so you mm -hmm. give them the, the photographs or the items back? Do Always. Always, but they get them back in much better condition than they gave them to us. We give them back in archival boxes 
and we put a beautiful like flash drive or um, external hard drive, you know, in the box with everything with instructions. Um, and we can also work with them virtually. Once they put that little flash drive or external hard drive into their computer, we can go into Zoom, do screen share and teach them how, where everything is and give them a virtual tour of all of their photos. And then mm. they can decide if they wanna pitch them, but they're gonna That's get my question. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering, you know, okay, now, now everything's digitized. Do you just throw this stuff away? Well, um, Kathy Nelson, who um, runs the Photo Managers Association, um, she wrote a book called Photo Organizing Made Easy. And it's really cool what she invented is the ABC method. And A photos are the photos you would never throw away in a million years. Um, B photos are the photos that you're like, I probably could get rid of these 20 pictures of sunsets because we all know what one of those looks like. <laughs> and the C pictures are ones that have blurriness and have fuzzy lines and you can't tell where Uncle John is in the picture and you can't fix these pictures. And there may be the extra hundred sunsets and sunrises and shells, you know, things that you can get off of Google are pretty much C pictures, right? Mm -hmm. So you could throw those away. And we always give our clients permission to throw their C photos away first. But the B photos were like, let's just put them in a box. In a couple of years, we'll, you know, we'll send you a nudge. You can take a look at them and see if they're ready to put them in the C pile. But the A pictures, we kind of nickname them the refrigerator, refrigerator pictures because they're the ones you kind of want to see. They're the ones that should be in the frames or on your digital frame, um, you know, that's kind of rotating through um, pictures that just make you smile and feel good. Those are your A pictures. So I would always say, you don't have to throw away your A pictures because that's really only 10% of your whole collection. Mm, but it's the okay. rest that we return to you and you decide. And then the professional photo organizer, we have four of those on staff. They can be like, okay, let's go through your B pictures and really prioritize. And some people just scan the A pictures, Mike, and mm -hmm, they don't sure. scan the B pictures, which I fully recommend. You don't do the dump and the scan on everything, but some people just really have to be ruthless about their pictures with the trash can next to them and go, oh my God, yep. how many pictures of food? What? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and so they, we just have fun with it, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone that, uh, you know, didn't live through the, you know, 70s, 80s and 90s that doesn't have boxes of, of photographs somewhere or, or VHS mm -hmm. tapes of, you know, old family photos or videos, um, rather. And that, doubles, you know. Mike, don't forget those doubles. Oh, doubles, you got, of course. You were going to hand them out to people at the right. holidays. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that would be a great uh, project for, you know, anyone that has that kind of stuff. Just because also when you're digitizing it, you're preserving them. You know, these photos don't oh, last forever, yeah. right? Right. And you can share and, and a word, just a word of caution. If you think you said, well, I have everything on these um, hard drives and I have everything on these discs, some discs expire and so do hard drives. So get them on the cloud. Um, mm. You can't rely on that media forever because sure. I've seen people cry thinking they, they paid for a media conversion service and they were so proud of themselves that they got rid of their VHS tapes and put everything on these um, discs or you know the, the the round discs and they put the disc in and it can't be read anymore or mm -hmm. it's got cracked or damaged or moist you know got moistened and some it got damaged so now it's unreadable 
Right. So just get everything on the cloud and an external hard drive, um, both, if you're going to throw away your pictures. That makes sense. That's good advice. It, it kind of that, that brings us to one of the other services that is mentioned on your website. It's virtual organizing. Yeah. What does that mean? And, and you know, what are some tips there? Oh, virtual organizing is so much fun um, because it's safe. Like no one has to come into your home. And we first started doing it with people that had hoarding disorder because they didn't want the intrusion. They sometimes would feel it's a little too much to have someone standing in their space with them. Also, because sometimes there's no place for us to stand. So if they can, you know, carefully work with us, methodically work with us with a, you know, proven system of sorting and discussion and kind of voting things um, in or out of their lives, we can do that really seamlessly in a virtual organizing session. And virtual organizing sessions are usually shorter than, than in-person organizing mm -hmm. sessions um, because they have basically some homework to do in between our conversations that are a little bit different um, than what we would typically assign someone in a face-to-face -face organizing session. And then after, after that all kind of was born and came, you know, Skype was doing, we were doing these things on Skype. We have more Zoom opportunities now and we have better software. Our client, you know, clients have changed to everyday frustrations of paper piles and time management. And uh, can sure. you zoom in and look at this home office? I really need to get it um, better organized. And then we can train the camera in the laptops and on the tablets on these spaces and frame them out and say, okay, we're not going to move off of this space. Let's, let's do this space first and then we're going to shift the camera over a couple of feet and do the next space and there's always these really cool outcomes um we did a a really neat exercise it's on youtube we did it with um kelly frashi she's uh, a real estate agent and she's like i don't understand this virtual organizing thing do mm -hmm. a session with me in my closet and we recorded the entire thing beginning to end she couldn't get over how easy it was to work with somebody virtually. And prior to the virtual organizing, we did a virtual assessment. So same thing we go, you know, like we would do if we came to your house, we, we'd look at the whole space. So she used her cell phone this entire time, put, showed us everything that was going on, explained us how frustrated she was with this closet. And I said, well, looks like you're going to need four bins on this shelf. You're going to need this. Okay. So I put together a little order on Amazon, sent it to her house. She got it two days prior to the um, session. And then we worked together. Um, Sandy Kutchman, actually one of our virtual organizing pros, she's actually certified in it. She took over from there and we just mm -hmm. had a heck of a time watching this go down. It was so much fun to see a virtual session being recorded on YouTube. And it was, it was really such a neat thing to do, but that's how we do it. Um, we don't do everything on YouTube, obviously we do private sessions, but it was, um, it was kind of a neat exercise um, to see if we could actually send products ahead of time. And that's what we do. We send products ahead of time, or we'll do a shopping trip for a client 
and we'll drop everything off on their front door. They never have mm-hmm. to even have us in if they are embarrassed or they would just prefer us not to be in their home. And then we can work with them through a written organizing plan. So that's another way of virtually organizing is we give them a plan that is step-by-step, room-by-room, space-by-space. Here's your products. Here's what you need to do. They send us pictures and we're like, great, that looks perfect. We'll send you some labels. We send them some beautiful labels. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's anyone out there that doesn't have something in their closet, right? That they've been hoarding or stashing. It's, you know, usually tucked in the back and it's kind of one of those things that, well, when I lose that weight again, I'll be able to get back into that or, you know, there's that one instance or that one party that, that I know I'm going to need that for. And they just, you just kind of keep piling those up. So I can see how that can immediately help everyone out there is just kind of having that, that professional to guide you through that process. Joe, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, yeah. Let's talk about finance. Cause I know you mentioned that quite a bit in the first episode, you know, obviously as a, as a wealth manager, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of people out there who, perhaps come to me, they're, they're overwhelmed with their financial situation. They might have accounts all over the place. They, they certainly have paperwork. I, f- I see it time and time again, they have paperwork all over the place from years and years ago, probably accounts that they're not even sure if they're still open or not. Do you have any suggestions for someone who is trying to improve their, their financial habits and get organized financially? I, yes. I would say for me, it's just like any other organizing practice or best practice for your life um, in terms of productivity or even your space, your money is just as important as all of that because I have found so much, I call it money on the table. I have found like checks, I have found missed opportunities and frustrated clients because they're like, God, I could have had that money. Mm -hmm. I could have, I could have, I could have. And there's so many regrets. And I always say, okay, we're, I'm here now we're together and we're going to put a plan together, but we always do discovery first. So let's find out what we do have. Let's look at what is current, what is fresh, what is going on. And to your point, yes, we, sometimes we will find accounts, um, investment accounts. We'll find um, some you know, those stock counts just in emails. Mm -hmm. We're like, did you ever activate this? And they're like, no. And we literally get a notebook, Mike, and we write down everything we find. Sure. So that's the first step is what, what do we have? Even if it's old, what do we have? Yep. And so we, we go first and we prioritize then, you know, day-to-day spending is very important in cash flow. So we try to put together a plan to manage bills, you know, money coming in and money going out first. Cause that's like critical life functioning. Sure. Your budget. Then your we cash go to that, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we put that together physically and digitally and we make sure everything matches. So whatever, if you call this account, this bank name with a number after it, then your physical file in your filing drawer better say the same thing because there's so much miscommunication that goes on between even family members that are using the same drawer or the same computer. Where's this? Where's that? Honey, where, where's this file? You know, we don't want any of that, right? So we try to get everybody on the same page, on the same names, having that uniform, um, you know, naming structure of everything, voting on the nicknames of accounts, getting everything together. 
And then managing everything from auto pay, if you're forgetful or you're like not feeling strong in your ability to pay something on time. There's mm -hmm. people that are so intelligent. They run these huge businesses, um, but that's because they have like accountants and bookkeepers and billers <laughs> doing things for them. And so they get home and they're like, well, there's gotta be somebody that can do this for me. And I'm like, sure, you can either get a virtual assistant which are wonderful helpers personally and for businesses. They can help you manage things from afar. And if you don't have that kind of budget, then certainly you can use a lot of the tech tools inside of the apps and inside of the software programs at your bank, your credit union. And certainly I'm sure you have lots of great tools, Mike, inside your software of your company that people can use auto, uh, automatic things um, such as reminders, payments, um, communication. And that to me is, is the kicker. And I, you know, I recently just went off paper statements. I feel 1000 times lighter because sure. there's nothing coming to my house, but people hold on to those paper statements. And we talked about it last time, you know, about which ones we keep, which ones we don't keep, but that's all part of the organizational process because we don't want to put anything away unless we can retrieve it again. Yep. There's no point in putting something down into that filing drawer that you know darn well, you're never gonna pull out with your um, reading glasses on and analyze with a ruler line by line, how did I do? You know, how did I do with my portfolio? Well, you have Mike for that. You, you can talk to your performance guy. You can talk to your financial advisor and they're wonderful resources to just pick up the phone and say, could we have a meeting because some of these things are very confusing. I like hearing you say that, right? Everyone seems to have that same issue when they're engaging with a new financial advisor or, or you know, trying to get their life organized. You know, the first thing, and, and I mentioned this in the first episode, the first thing we try to do is figure out what do you have? You know, and to your point, people have stuff all over the place typically before they before they engage with a new financial advisor. And, and you know, to get things organized, figure out where everything is, figure out the budget and the cash flow. That's all part of my process. And it sounds like it's part of yours as well. What I always tell a client is, is if you ever have a question with regards to anything that pertains to your financial world or anything that has a money sign tied to it, give us a call. That's why you're paying us, right? That we, we are a service. We are a resource. And, you know, I am here so that you feel more comfortable with your financial world, with your financial picture and your, and your wealth plan. And, and if you're not using us as a resource, then you know, you're paying for something you're just not taking advantage of. So I, I love hearing that. What do you suggest for, for people with regards to emails, for example? You know, I, I get two to 300 emails a day and you can't possibly go through all of them. Some are you know, obviously <laughs> relevant, but, but most are not. What do, you, what do you advise people with regards to emails? Well, first of all, please unsubscribe from anything that is superfluous and that you're not really like, oh my gosh, a newsletter came in. I'm so excited. I can't wait to read it from stem to stern. Right. No one ever says that. But there is some information that comes in their daily feed um, that they really want to know. So if it's a subscription to a, a you know, an e-subscription to a newspaper or a magazine that's weekly then by all means read it, but then delete it when you're done. I see a lot of congestion in people's emails from information overload. Mm. But I would say in terms of 
um, you know, stopping email at the door, definitely starting out with unsubscribing from everything. This will take you about an hour to sit and go through all of your email to unsubscribe from the unnecessary. And then I like to do group batching. So like I'll find an email source first in the clean out and the purging of the emails. And you can click, you know, find all email from Mike, right? And then you, you go into that and then delete anything that isn't important anymore. Of course, any email from you would be very important of to course. me, Mike, but you know <laughs> how it is. So um, then I basically do a group batch and I go make sure that everything in that batch is, you know, something I don't need. I'd like to use the starring feature in Gmail where I can go back and look at it later. I don't have time to look at it now, but I'll put the yellow star in there. And then I go into my starred folder and then I read, I start out in the morning with my stars mm. because I told myself that was more important than any other emails that I had. So those are some of the priority tips, but I do like to make folders in my emails sure. to the left-hand side. You can create folders and subfolders and go ahead and file really important emails that make, I always say, you know, have some risk associated with them or have some weight associated with them. And I put those in, in files, just like a regular digital file, like on my computer. Yeah, that's and that is really critical. That's great advice. And, and you know, just like you're doing it in the physical real world, you know, you're 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 prioritizing, you're grouping things together, you're organizing, and then you're you're filing it away neatly. You do the same thing kind of with your digital. Same thing. You have to kind of take those skills across the board, it, digitally and physically. And that's why I like to name everything the same so that you have, don't have four different versions of the same type of topic That's in great. any part of your life. That's great. Well, Jill, we, we are running out of time here. If, if you had one last thing, one last tip or, or one last bit of information you wanted people to know about, what, what would that be? What do you want our listeners to know? Well, I'd say, you know, organizing is a process. Um, there isn't an instant quick fix to it. Um, and I would definitely want to share that organizing is not decluttering. Decluttering is just step one. Organizing is truly putting lasting systems into place. So be gentle with yourself and um, tiny, tiny habits um, grow into very large habits. So just keep that in mind as you begin your journey to getting more organized. So if you do need more help getting organized, you can always reach out to us at www.discoverorganizing.com. Fill in some information, we'll help you um, really target some of your organizing goals. You can call us anytime, 412-344-3450. That's great, Joe. And, and that's all the time we have today. Again, I'd like to thank you for coming on and for sharing your knowledge on this, on this great topic. I know everyone out there has learned something from today's discussion and our last one. And, and it's the notion that an organized lifestyle is an incredibly important factor in a healthy successful and, and personally rewarding life. And, and to that extent, as you're getting your financial affairs organized, it's critical that you consult with professionals that are qualified to help in that aspect of your life as well. There are so many components to a wealth plan and, and so many different products that are out there and investments and, and strategies that it's simply in your best interest to engage with a financial advisor before you try to do it on your own. That said, if you or a loved one need some help or some guidance with regards to your own personal wealth plan, or if you're simply interested in learning more about my practice and how I provide value, please reach out by calling 724-933-4446 
or you can email me at michael.dukovic at rbc.com and that's D-U-K-O-V-I-C-H or you can visit my website at michaeldukovic.com. Remember, I'm looking to work with people who value the plan and, and people that recognize that life's greatest returns are only realized when you invest beyond your money. So remember, it's your money, it's your life. Take control. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Your Money podcast with financial advisor, Mike Dukovich. Make sure you click the subscribe button now so you will be notified when new podcasts are released. If you want to know more about working with Mike, please call 724-933-4446 or visit michaeldukovich.com. It's your money. It's your life. Take control. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. All opinions and estimates constitute the speaker's judgment as of the date of this recording and are subject to change without notice and are provided in good faith but without legal responsibility. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial services provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investment should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including the possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC.